Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... It's so much more than just a profile picture. At Catholic Singles, our platform offers you many opportunities to get to know the person behind the picture. Sign up today at catholicsingles.com. By definition, a storyteller conveys events in words, images, and sounds, often by improvisation or embellishment. The Living Bread Radio Network presents The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi. Today you'll hear a faith-based, inspirational story that's both heartfelt and heartwarming. And now, let's meet today's storyteller with Tony Agnesi. Hi, this is Tony Agnesi, and welcome to this edition of The Storytellers. Each week, we feature a guest with a unique and inspiring story to tell. The Storytellers is brought to you in part by CatholicBook.net, and all of the books featured on the program are available there at CatholicBook.net. The program can also be heard via podcast at TheStorytellersRadio.com and anywhere you get your podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, and many many others. And if you'd like, you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and MeWe at Tony Agnesi. My guest today is Ray Haywood. Ray is the author of the book, Tools to Ready the Journey, A Father's Guide to a Faith-Filled Family. And Raymond, welcome to the show. Great to have you with us. Thank you for having me, Tony. I appreciate it. I remember when I we had our first conversation, Ray, when you were working on the book, and you were extremely excited about it, and I was excited for you. And, uh, and now it's out, and it's available, and we want to spend a little bit of time talking about it. But at first, let's just talk about your faith journey, Ray. Tell, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Okay, so um, my siblings and I come from loving parents who reflect... Their reflection of love was undeniable by anybody who even knew them for an hour. I'm a middle child of five. I grew up in Brooklyn in a community of very much like-minded people at a time when moral posture and family value was very much a part of the fabric of our lives. Our family was active in our parish community of St. Mark's. We attended St. Mark's Catholic School. Many of our friends had siblings who were friends of our siblings. Uh, many of our parents went to school together in the parish as well. We all knew each other. It was generation after generation steeped in faith and tradition. Mm -hmm. We all shared in the foundation of faith together as we prepared for and made our sacraments together. I'm still in touch with many of my childhood friends today. Mm -hmm. I call them my St. Mark's siblings, my lifelong friends. I grew up in a time when the heart of the boy was very much able to be explored and not pushed down at a time when a boy was able to find his place and his way in society, in a society that would hold him accountable for his actions and he was better off for it. Mm -hmm. So now today, I'm a father of two sons and a husband, and I'm very much intentional in not losing sight of the family that I will be held accountable for leading in this world that is so challenging for all of us. You know, I grew up much the same way, Ray. So the question, I guess, is, gosh, what's happened in this last generation or two? Hmm. If, if I had to focus on it, I would say the loss of humility. So, and I think about this very often. Uh, it's, it's something that I spend a lot of time doing. Um, 
they, there's a narrative that's out there, and the narrative is pretty much the dialogue. But to answer your question simply, I think it's the opposite of humility in today's society, and I call that entitlement. Mm-hmm. So, that's what I believe the opposite of humility is in today's public square. You know, I, I remember, and you probably do too, as a kid playing football, if you were the running back and you scored a touchdown and they interviewed you, you told them how great the line did at blocking and how well the quarterback just handed it off perfectly to you and how your teammates and coaches called the right play and all of that. And today what we see is a lot of chest thumping and a lot of... Uh, uh, me, it's all about me. Um, that that's symptomatic of what you're talking about with this opposite of humility. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, how do we change that dialogue? How do we make our young people come out of the community of their phones and come into the community of people that surround them, a faith community? Mm-hmm. How do we reach into them? So. I believe that St. Joseph is going to be the lead in our third millennial of Catholic living. I think that St. Joseph, the father figure, is what's needed. We need to bring the father back into the fold, make him understand his position in our society. Uh, The father has to reflect well past the four walls of his home. So as fathers... A lot of us Catholic fathers reflect very well within the four walls of our home, but when we go outside into society and we interact with other people and we find ourselves living in and of this world instead of in and of the word, we mirror. We don't reflect. So our children see one set of rules within the house and then a totally different reflection of their father when they step out into society with him. Mm-hmm. The father doesn't even realize that that's happening because he himself is a product of this world as well. And until you actually come into these awarenesses and, and spend time thinking about what you and I are sharing at this moment, it's kind of just acceptance of the new norm. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, follow a lot of the research companies, and Barna did uh, their latest study, talked about the just the, the sheer uh, 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 lack of people attending church, not only mass in the Catholic tradition, but in all traditions. Um, you know, in the 1950s, uh, I'm a product of the 1950s, 80 to 85 percent of all Catholics went to mass every Sunday. Now it's below 20 percent, and in some bigger cities, it's in the teens, and um, these losses have all come um, in the last, you know, two generations. And, um, uh, you know, you, you almost see a church that's got to get smaller before it can get bigger again. And that and that the responsibility really falls on all of us, doesn't it, to to uh, try to get back to the core values of, of our faith? I believe the responsibility falls on to the father. I believe that so wholeheartedly. So. How do we change dialogue? There always is a catalyst. And I believe our catalyst to be the position of the Father. Somehow or other in our society, as I, I led into this conversation earlier about the heart of the boy, that you said two generations, I believe it to be approximately what you just outlined. The, the heart of the boy is pushed so far down, he doesn't 
he's not allowed to find his way mm-hmm. any longer. He can't make guns or challenge his, you know, toy guns I'm talking about, and, and, and challenge his cousins and, and get bruises. And it's, it's, they're in bubble wrap, these young people. Mm-hmm. And if we as fathers don't lead, if we allow our children to become products of this entitlement society, this society where everything is surrounded by instant gratification, how are you going to find the value of the mass? How are you going to find, um, if you're an adolescent Catholic, when I say adolescent, I mean someone who hasn't invested in their faith past their, um, their learning as a child, when the experience was just as if they were learning math or science mm-hmm. they they need to we need to invest in our faith we need to own our faith and for a lot of catholics they're very rote in their faith and they don't even know what the word rote means mm-hmm. so this book is challenging to the reader it makes it's actually written to me as an 18-year-old, because as I journeyed through my life, I understood when I came into the awareness that uh, through a blessing I shared and that this book actually came to be, um, I realized just how much of God's hand was in my life and how much my foundation of faith, meaning the sacraments and sharing in the Mass, how, how that led me through my life unwittingly to me. But now that I've stepped closer into my faith, I've stepped into the arch of light. I've stepped into the awareness of what it means to own your own faith. Uh, I've come so much closer. Now, for someone who's an adolescent Catholic, and they are confronted by someone who goes to one of these churches that have the light shows and the screens and a, um, a charismatic preacher who's talking to them about the things that affect them today. How is the Catholic Mass, which they don't understand the parts of it, they don't understand just what it is that we're... This, this, the Mass is not about us. It's about the passion of Christ. It's a sacrifice. If you don't come into the awareness and the parts of the Mass and how beautifully it is laid out for us, because you stay rote in an adolescent state of Catholic faith, then you could find yourself easily stepping away from the value of the sacraments. You don't even realize the value of what's instilled with inside of you. Now, when you have children of your own and, and you didn't instill the sacraments within them because you found no value in it, the choices that they make and the path that they have in front of them is going to be turbulent. It's going to be chaos. Mm-hmm. So our, our sacraments of the Catholic Church and celebration of the Mass actually puts order into chaos in, a, in this world. I know that was a lot to put out there, Tony. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it is. <laughs> I, I know that, and Ray, you know, the the scary thing were the, the, the research that just came out a few weeks ago that 
uh, over 50 percent of Catholics don't believe in the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And as you get younger, under 35, it's like 65 percent. And 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 I think you're absolutely right. If if you uh, either don't believe in it or you don't know enough about your faith to even know about the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, I can see someone be easily uh, swayed in in a faith journey away from Catholicism because they don't understand the value of it uh, or that the source and summit of our faith is the Eucharist. Amen to that, the Eucharist. Oh, my goodness. Um, how many of our Catholic brothers and sisters don't realize what it is at the moment when they don't understand what the universal church is. They don't, you know, the Eucharist, if you think about all of the miracles of the Eucharist and how it turns into, it always, if a, a Eucharist falls to the ground or discarded, they put it into a jar of water. And let me just share with you so that the people who are listening can understand why it's placed into a jar of water. People think that, hey, maybe that's so that it could be, you know, reflected as a miracle. No, the reason why it's put into a jar of water is because every Catholic church that there is, anything that has to do with the preparation, the chalices, the anything that contains the Eucharist, that gets washed in a special sink in the back of the church. That sink goes directly to the earth. Because our God, our the Eucharist, that does not ever get put into waste. So just like the um, the holy water that we bless ourselves with, when that gets changed, it gets brought out to the front and it waters the shrubs because it was blessed, so it goes back to the earth. Mm-hmm. So all of, and if you look up for yourself, you know, everybody wants to touch their faith. They, they, are, they don't believe in something that they don't see. If you took the time to do a simple Google search of the uh, miracles of the Eucharist, you'll find that it's always the same blood type, and it's always the same muscle of this heart in stress that those hosts turn into. Is that amazing, Tony? Think about that. It really is. You know, when I speak with other fellow Catholics, and I tell them of this, or the uncorruptibles, the saints that don't decay. I tell them these things because, you know, they want to feel in touch and, and, you know, faith is hard to believe if you don't see or feel it in this world. When I tell them these things, they look at me like I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. How, how could some, I'm 52 years old. I stepped into my faith probably in my mid-40s, and I know a lot of men that do that. I also know that between 18 and 25, I didn't find a place for myself within the Catholic Church. And that's another reason why this book is so important, because it holds accountable the men my age, the men our age, to find the value in saying to a young man, hey, you know what? Take a look at this. This is something that's going to show you, give you uh, foreseeable knowledge of different challenges that you're going to face in front of you in this world. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be able to face them better. You're going to face them well because you're going to have the knowledge prior to when it happens. You'll be able to discern more clearly the path that you want to take because you already have prior knowledge. And that prior knowledge that you receive as a young man when you read this book, mm-hmm. that gets sown into your will. 
So as you live through all of the challenges that are in front of you, each decision that we make in life is a preparation for the next. That's the way our Heavenly Father, that's the way all of us, we all face the same challenges here in Mm -hmm. this world. Every one of us. So when we face them well, each good decision makes for a fair and balanced future decision. Mm -hmm. Our challenges in life start out as small ones. As our family grows, our challenges grow. They grow with it. When we are conditioned in our character to make good and fair, honorable decisions, then all of our decisions in front of us become easier. Mm-hmm. No, this is what's shared within the book. It, Let's um, it, let me. Uh, look, we we cool. need to, we need to take a quick break. Ray Haywood is my guest, and uh, Ray and I are discussing his new book, Tools to Ready the Journey: A Father's Guide to a, a Faith-Filled Family. And when we return, we're going to go into the book. We're going to talk about some of the tools and and how this came together for Ray. The book, Tools to Ready the Journey, and our guest Ray Haywood on this edition of the Storytellers. Support for the Storytellers is provided by CatholicBook.net, serving the Catholic community for 30 years with books, Bibles, gifts, and more. CatholicBook.net is safe, secure, and simple to use. Just a few clicks and your purchase is delivered right to your door. CatholicBook.net, for 30 years, a commitment to service. Hi, this is Tony Agnesi, and welcome back to this edition of The Storytellers. My guest today is Ray Haywood. His book is Tools to Ready the Journey, A Father's Guide to a Faith-Filled Family. Uh, Ray, uh, tell us how the, how this came together. What motivated you to say, you know, we have this problem with younger men, and, and I want to assemble in a book form the tools and the reflections and so forth that might help uh, 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 with, with, uh, with younger men in, in, in giving them some direction and helping them study. What was the motivation and how did that come about? Well, I belonged to a men's group for 10 years um, when I moved here to North Carolina. And during that time, we spoke very often about how to reach into the young men. We saw how the generation uh, was changing and how they they really needed to come closer in their faith. So um, I guess it was in a petition of prayer uh-huh. uh, that I asked for um, uh, the, my, the faith of my family, my close family, to, to, to be strengthened. And uh, it it just became an awareness that I had to pull together a, a, a manner in which I could reflect to them. So here, here we go. When we have a conversation, it's interrupted. I tell my children all the time, I write them letters because I want them to hear what I have to say without the interruption. Mm-hmm. So with that awareness, with that, intent. I just found the need that I had to write a book so that these young men could read it and and journey through it. The first chapter is the masculine journey. It it gives them an opportunity to understand where they are within the masculine journey. It it, it clearly gives them the thresholds. Uh, 
so that they could determine where they are. Mm. Yeah, the various well, state, the, the various tech- stages that, that that we go through as we uh, as we absolutely. And, uh, and uh, talk, talk, talk to us a little bit about that. So as, you know, it, it, once you identify the stage of life you're in, obviously I'm in an elder stage, but once you identify that, it kind of gives you a sense of where you're going or where things are heading. And we all, all men kind of pass through those stages. Tony, you're a sage. You are in a position of life where if you lived it well, the people in your family, the people who you led, if you led them well, then your input, your your guidance will be valued. Now, for many men who didn't lead well, they find themselves in this age position of their life stage that they're kind of put on a shelf. They're, they have no value mm-hmm. because they didn't approach their family well. So... Um, that's just one example. You know, we always um, used to go to the elders and the family for wisdom. Now it seems in these generations that we kind of say, well, what's he know? Okay. Now that's part of the narrative, Tony. I mean, how do you get a society to step away from faith? You tell them that authority, you, you share with them that any authority figure, there's no value in authority here. Our children, they don't have, oh, what's the best way for me to say this? We're not reflecting well. Mm. Our children do not know what good intent looks like in their communities. Talk talk to us about how you... What young person would want to follow our lead? Right. You know, our young men and women no longer have a sense of reckoning. No consequences to their actions. None. How, talk a little bit, uh, uh, Ray. Uh, how, how you formatted the book? Because I, I know it's formatted in a very, in a very uh, uh, unique way to really help not only to to, to read and to study, but then uh, you present at the end of each chapter kind of a, a study guide, some questions to ask, and um, uh, I, this is something that a, that a guy could go through a chapter at a time, right? Or he could just b- sit down and consume it, or it could be part of a men's a young men's study group. Um, or, or Bible study. So, so actually, it's more than... The way that it was put together is it's a chapter with a study guide and then a takeaway. My intent within the way that it was placed together is that the chapter would be read. They're easy. They're standalone. Each one is individual. It is a journey. Mm-hmm. Like one one follows the other. So if you're going to read it, read it all the way through to the end where you're challenged with the um, uh, what is truth, the call to final call to action is what is truth. After you journey through the book, you'll be able to uh, discern clearly what's shared within that call to action of what is truth. But when it, it, if you don't have an opportunity for a study guide, because it, it is meant to be a men's group, men of all ages, men our age, bringing young men closer, sharing with them our faults our trials, our triumphs, you know, what's in front, as if they, if you read the chapter and then you go through the study guide with these young men, men of all different ages, what's going to be shared is going to help the road ahead, and it's going to grow all of us, not just the young men, but all of us will grow in it. Mm -hmm. So now, after the book is completed, how do we stay intentional in these young men's lives? 
So what I did was I met them on their own platforms. I made a Twitter. I made an Instagram. Uh, there's a Facebook. And on the Facebook, there's also um, a page for every chapter. There's a website. And on the website, there's also a forum for every chapter. So they could choose on whichever platform they choose uh, to stay intentional. Mm -hmm. And what I try to do is I try to um, put posts out every day, every other day or so about uh, what's being shared in the mass. Like today, uh, our measure is the way that we will be measured, the way we measure out. Mm -hmm. You know, that was today's gospel. Today's gospel it was uh, Luke 6. You know, I, when I went to Mass this morning, before I go to Mass, I usually um, read the Laudate app, and it's got a reflection in there, and the reflection is beautiful. Because if you read that reflection and then you share in the Mass, what you receive out of it is so much more. Mm. Our liturgy of the Mass is one of the most beautiful things. There is nothing that can compare to the Catholic liturgy. Nothing, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, I noticed, though, at Mass this morning, I went to 8 o'clock Mass this morning, and when you when you look at the people at Mass, uh, what, what has always struck me, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, is that there's always four times more women there than men. <laughs> and, you know, what we're, ta we're talking about men taking, you know, taking an uh, in-charge role of their families and so forth, and yet you go to Mass and there are about four women to every man at Mass. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, that's the same uh, experience that I have. But talking about women and mass, and I want to share with you uh, a perspective. Mm -hmm. So um, some of the uh, um, influential men within my parish approached our new pastor and um, had a, a couple of other priests that were there at the time, and, and they, they mentioned about having... Uh, girl altar service. Mm -hmm. Now, what I didn't realize was something that was, uh, I, I became an awareness. One of them had shared that when there's girl altar service, it actually makes the boys shy away. You know, there's, there's always things that are working in the background that we don't realize that maybe the, the priest realize if that wasn't said to me i wouldn't i would have you know if you're a person who's looking at the church and saying well they're not allowing girls to be altar service well if you were made to be aware that the the boy altar service step away because of that factor would that give some some reasoning to maybe decisions that are made especially those that might discern uh, a vocation uh, to the priesthood and so forth. You were talking about statistics mm -hmm. before, Tony. Um, statistics on priests. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you look at the statistics on priests, boys who are all to service are much more likely to become priests than boys that weren't. Absolutely. Well, we, uh, Ray, this uh, time has flown by. I mean, our half hour has flown by, and I uh, we've got to uh, end it here, but the book is Tools to Ready the Journey, A Father's Guide to a Faith-Filled Family by my guest, Ray Haywood. Ray, I've read through the book, and uh, and uh, as you know, it uh, I, I think it's wonderful material. We just got to get it into the hands of some, some men out there. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, being with me today. I really appreciate you joining us on the Storytellers. 
Thank you, Tony. And that's our show for today. If you missed part of the program, the show will be available immediately following our show at thestorytellersradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts, including iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. And then later this week, it'll be available at the Catholic podcasting site, breadboxmedia.com. My thanks again to Ray Haywood, the author of the book, Tools to Ready the Journey. This is Tony Agnesi inviting you to join me again next time for the next edition of The Storytellers. We hope you've enjoyed today's edition of The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi, a production of the Living Bread Radio Network in Canton, Ohio. To learn more about today's storyteller, go to thestorytellersradio.com. There you can subscribe to the podcast and hear all of our past shows. And join us again next week at this same time for The Storytellers with Tony Agnesi. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com.